How we doing? It's good to see you. Thank you for being here today. Missed you guys this week. Um, I'm Pastor Matt. If I haven't gotten to meet you, I'd love to meet you. I'll be in the comments. If you noticed, it's quite chaotic in there, which I love. That's all of our outreach expo. So that is uh, representative of organizations that are in our community that we support and support around the world. Because I, this is one thing as a pastor that I, that I worry about when a church talks about their mission strategy or missions program. I don't want missions to just be a line item on a budget. And I just don't want it to be something that you see pictures of. The church is called to engage in the mission of the church. And so I'm, I'm, we invited all of these organizations in so you realize that's not just a place we send money to. It's not just a place that we show pictures of and them doing good things. The church is called to be a part of the mission in our community and around the world. And you get a chance to meet them, build connection with them, build relationship with, relationship with them. And also, you're able uh, to connect with them outside of what we do for you. When we do serve weekends, that's just really my heart. It's a springboard into relationship. And what's happened over the last several years through our serve weekends is families have connected with a ministry, and that's become a ministry near and dear to their heart, and, the, and they begin to serve throughout the year in the mission. So it's not just a once-a-year thing or one weekend a year. Um, we, we do the weekend we're doing next weekend so that you can get out and actually practice what we're preaching. And I'll be out there with you. This is the last week of the teaching part of this series of Impact Month. Next week, we go do it, right? Because there's a lot of ways, you, 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 what is it? You can talk the talk, but you better walk the walk. So if we're going to be a church that talks it, we better be a church that walks it. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for every ministry. Go check them out. And uh, also next week, uh, we've got a few spots left on our Serve Weekend. Um, so make sure you're signed up for those either online or at our Welcome Center. And they're filling up quickly. And I just, I want to make a challenge to our online community. I don't know if that's the camera I'm in right now, but I'm going to talk to that camera right now. Um, our online community. Some of you are in the Fort Worth area. Some of you are not. And I want to challenge you, next week, instead of sitting down to tune in to watch, I want you to find an organization. You can go to our website and come visit and, and be in this area. But if you're outside of this area, I want you to do something. It's going to take a little work. I want you to find an organization in your community that's making an impact in the lives of people. And then I want you to go be the church as a part of that organization. So the challenge is for you too. So watching from home isn't just a place to get comfortable and sit in your jammies and just do what you want to do. You're part of the church. Whether you're online or in this room, you're part of the church and we've got a mission and a purpose and a function and we got to get on it. So, But I'm glad you're here online. So, <clears throat> Also just want to say thank you to everybody who, who connected in our InReach Expo last week. Uh, I want to challenge you. you. You signed up, now show up, right? Easy, easy part, signing up. Take the next steps and start getting engaged and making that impact in the, in the house. So as we've talked about our mission strategy, we look at it in concentric circles. We look at impacting here, which is in the house. We look at impacting near, which is in our community, and then far, which is around the world. And that's biblical. That's exactly what Jesus told us to do. The way we operate in that is our set-ins. We want to see people set in relationship. We want to see people saved. So no matter what we're doing, whether, whether we're in any organization outside of the church or, or just going about our daily lives, our primary function is to see people saved. There are people right now that are on the way to a real place called hell, and we have the answer, and his name is Jesus, and he paid 
the way for us to have salvation and a relationship with him. And we've got the greatest news in the world we're ever here, and it's our responsibility to share that. So we want to see people saved. We want to see people set in family. We are a lonely generation. I say it every time I talk about our set-ins. We're a lonely generation. We've got all kinds of digital connection, but that doesn't mean relationship. And we want to see people set in a family. We want to see people set free because we all got baggage. If you're alive, you got baggage. And we want to help you get past that baggage. And then we want to see people set in motion. That's the mission of the church. It's not about sitting in a place like this and going, this is church. We are the church. And the church is active and moving. And we've got to be active and moving and taking this mission to the world. And, and so our, we're going to make an impact. So this week, this, this week we're talking about impacting far. So let's go. Romans chapter 10 is where we'll be. Uh, if you got your Bible, meet me there. If you don't, you can follow along. If you need a Bible, see me after service or send a comment. And we'll send you a Bible or we'll give you a Bible. I want you to have access to the Word of God. Um, because uh, when I sit in church, I like to have my Bible because I don't want to always take the pastor's word for it. So um, I'm just calling, calling us out on that one. So Romans chapter 10, this is about sharing the message of Jesus with the world. And I love how the, the gospel message is clarified because if that's the primary thing we do, we've got to be clear on the, on the news we're taking to the world. So I'm going to start in verse 8. Um, and it, before that, Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and he's talking about Moses and righteousness based on the law. But in verse 8, he says, but what does it say? The it that it's refer, he's referring to is the law. Go back to the law, and it's actually going to refer back to Deuteronomy chapter 30 when he says, but what does it say? He's going to tell us the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This section in Deuteronomy is actually where God is saying Today, I put a choice before you, life and death. Choose life. And he says, the word is near you. It's in your heart. And he says, I've given you the word of God. I've given you my heart so that you can choose life, so you can, you can follow me and, and choose what is the best thing. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. He says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's nothing else. It's Jesus alone, right? It's not your behavior. Some of you grew up in a system, not a relationship. You grew up in a religion, not a relationship. You grew up where it was all dependent on your behavior, the things you do and the things you don't do. This makes the gospel absolutely clear that we confess with our mouth. We're speaking that he is Lord, and then we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. That comes from a spring of faith. And, and I, I hear people say, well, I just, I, I can't get enough faith. I can't figure out how to get faith. You don't, you don't have to figure it out. God gives us the faith to then put back into him. He says, if you believe with your mouth, if you believe, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. That doesn't say some people who believe in him. He says, this, this, the gospel, it, this, I love this, the gospel is for everyone. This is the declaration of faith. This is the message. It's not about getting people to conform to a pattern 
that we want or someone else wants. It is simply trusting Jesus and following him with your life. If we would, if, if we would just stick with that in, in, in the church, like in the world, we would stay out of a lot of mess because it's just Jesus. There doesn't have to be, there, no, nothing else needs to be beside of Jesus. He's that good. He goes on, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. This, what this is saying is salvation is offered to everyone. When he talks about Jews and Greeks, there is a belief that the, 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 the religious leaders, the Pharisees, believed that, that if you were a Jew, you were inside of the grace of God. And if you were a Gentile or Greek, you were outside of the grace of God. And there was this pride and this haughtiness that would come along with looking down on other people like, well, I've got the grace of God and it's, it's too bad you weren't born like I was because you don't have access to the grace of God. And here the Bible just blows that out of the water. There's no distinction. The gospel transcends all cultures. The gospel transcends all socioeconomic. The gospel transcends all racial barriers. It transcends everything because the gospel is for all people. There's no distinction of any person on the face of the planet because the same Lord is Lord of all and he gives his riches on all who call on his name. Period. It's an all-inclusive. Remember, some of y'all might not remember this. Some of y'all might. Going to the skating rink when you were growing up, you know, and I I never got to do the couple skate because, you know, as a middle school boy, you went to the skating rink to try to find a date. You know, you didn't take a date to the skating rink. You went to find a date, and they would do the couple skate, and then you realize maybe I should bring a date. But then they do all these things, but then they do the all skate, right? And all skate is everybody's in, right? That's exactly what the gospel is. The gospel's all skate. I I don't know where that came from in the depths of my mind. And that's not even in my notes. It just, there's things that happen and it just makes me go back. So then he goes on. He says, how then, he says, everyone who calls on the name will be, uh, name of the Lord will be saved. Now he gets into our responsibility. How then will they call on him whom they've not believed? So if, if salvation if the, if the hinge on that is belief, all who call on his name, all in the name of Jesus, remember we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, how then will they call on Jesus whom they haven't believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now preaching, we tend to, we tend to back up at that word right there. Because we've got different contexts for preaching. Some of y'all grew up with preaching. Whereas, you don't do this. You do this. If you do this, God loves you. If you don't do this, God hates you. You know, and just all that, that. That's what our framework of preaching is. Preaching is simply this. It is proclaiming the truth of God. Preaching is simply telling people about Jesus. So it says, how are they to hear without someone telling them about Jesus? And how are they to tell somebody about Jesus unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who tell people the good news about Jesus, who preach the good news. What is the good news? It's the 
It's the cross of Christ. It is the crucifixion, as brutal as it was, brought our ransom and brought our forgiveness. And Jesus paid for our sin fully on the cross. And he was laid in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again because the power of God is greater than the power of sin, greater than the power of death, greater than the power of the enemy, greater than the power of poverty, greater than the power of our past, greater than the power of our parents, greater than everything. That it is, it is everything. That's the good news. That's the message that we take. And the mission is all about the gospel. And when we talk about going far, I hear people, will, they'll, they'll say, Pastor Matt, I just, I don't get it. Why do we go so far? Why are we sending funds across the world? Why are we sending teams of people across the world when the need is so great here? And in that, I would say, absolutely, the need is great everywhere. But the gospel meets the greatest need. I mean, we, we can get into needs and, and we, can take on, we can take on initiatives of hunger and poverty, homelessness. We can take on the issues. But listen, the greatest need is to put the gospel in the hands of people. It, it goes back to what Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in John chapter 4 about. He asked her for a drink. And she says, you want me to get you a drink? And he goes, if, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for a drink. Because this water that you drink, you drink it and you'll get thirsty again. But when you drink of the water that I give, you will never thirst again because, because it comes a well of eternal life springing up out of you. See, the gospel, the message of Jesus transcends the needs around us. And the greatest need we have is salvation and forgiveness. And the gospel through Christ brings hope and brings reconciliation and brings peace. Not, not world peace peace like everybody's dreaming. It brings peace to my soul that in the most tumultuous times on the face of the planet and the most difficult moments I've ever known, there's a peace that goes beyond my human understanding that's guarding my heart and guarding my mind in Christ Jesus. The greatest need is Jesus. The greatest message is the gospel. And he brings that. And that's why we go all over the place because Jesus didn't just say, hey, go to your city and share the gospel. Go to your city and make disciples. He said, go into all the world. Now, I believe we've got to have balance in that. Because sometimes we can get so caught up in going that we forget we've got stuff here. But we will have balance in it. And let me, let me just say this. If there's a ministry on your heart, and there, God's laying this on it, <laughs> run with it. You don't have to have my approval to go serve. You don't have to have the church's backing to go make an impact. Here's what I would say. Just make sure you're taking the gospel. Because the gospel meets the greatest need that's out there. The gospel, the reason we go far is the gospel matters to every person in every culture. If there's no distinction. See, what I love about this family called the church is the way God sees us. He doesn't see me through the lens of my past. He doesn't see me through the lens of, of what family I was born into on this planet. See, if you, go, if you go to Acts chapter 17, God said, I chose the family for you to be in and the time and the place for this purpose so that that's the best place for you to reach out and find me. 
So it doesn't matter what kind of family you're born in. God, in his love for you, placed you in that family because it's the best place for you to hear about the news of Jesus. And some of you have some difficult situations in your past, and please hear me on this. That breaks God's heart, but God knows that he's got you. And that's why we talk about needing freedom because there's things that get done to us in our past. But listen, God is, is he, he's good enough and it transcends everything. So every culture, every person matters to God. People matter. It, it is a beautiful thing when I step outside of my culture, right? I mean, because we can get, we, we get so culture numb that we think the way we live is how everybody on the face of the planet lives, I remember growing up, that moment where it hit, because, you know, I grew up in a small town, and then we moved, and, and I'm li- I lived, moved from a farm to a neighborhood, and I could ride bikes with people, and I, I remember at Christmas, you know, because the, the way I thought Christmas is done is the way everybody on the face of the planet does Christmas, and, and my friend said, we don't get to do Christmas that way because my mom's a nurse, and she works. I was like, what? Your mom works on Christmas? That's... That's not right. But we've got to, there's going to be things that we face that reshape our perspective. And listen, one of the greatest things that reshapes perspective is getting out of our culture. I, I, I love going to Africa. Because the, in Rwanda, there is a culture of community. Now, when I get on a bus... We're touching. They want connection. They long for the connection. In America, we're individualistic, and we're in our phone. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. I'll talk to you when I want something. There, they want to know you. They want to connect. Getting out of my culture, getting into Rwanda, I see forgiveness at a level that I can't. I I, I think the rest of the world needs to take a schooling on. Because in 1994, a million people were killed in 100 days in a genocide. Neighbors killing neighbors, family members killing family members. And to see the reconciliation that's happened in that nation, it is amazing. I have to remember the grace that I experience in Rwanda when I come back to America because everybody, everybody makes me mad when I get back to America. I'm like, do you realize how entitled we are? But getting outside of my culture... I had a friend in, in middle school growing up, and, and, and we we're, were from different cultures, and, and, and he had invited me into their, their home for dinner, and, and it's not the same food I ate, and it's, it's not the same family atmosphere I had, but I loved being at Michael's house, and Michael loved coming to my house, and we would make jokes. I mean, we were kids, and we could make jokes about each other because we were willing to step in each other's culture to learn, so we got to get outside of other cultures. It is a dangerous thing when we start isolating cultures. And then we go. We go. Because there's no greater way to show you care than your presence. This week, uh, this week the creek lost an amazing man. We had, he, we, we had his service this Tuesday. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, there's, <laughs> there's some funeral services that really just preach themselves. 
because the, Charlie was always here serving. When we started doing the food pantries when COVID hit, he was here every time. He was on campus at schools every time we were feeding. And I, I remember telling our team, I was like, hey, they're in the, he's in the, 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 his group of men, they're in the high-risk category. We need to probably not have them go into these areas. And his response was, I think I'm old enough to make up my own mind if I want to serve or not. But you know what I'm going to miss about Charlie is his presence. There's something about presence. There's something about when you have that difficult moment and somebody's with you, right? And they're, they're not trying to fix it for you. They're not trying to tell you what you need to do or what you need to change. They're just there. And there's something amazing about that presence. Having someone with you, and it shows how much you care, how much you love, and how deep the connection really is. Because in America, we think that a mission strategy is sending a check. But there's no presence. And when you can get on the ground, when, when I get to Africa, and I've got two sponsored kids that, that I get to see and I get to spend time with every time we go. And they're amazing girls. And, and if I were just going to send a check, then I would miss out on, on this. On this. I, I would miss out on, on getting to be with my brothers in another culture where the gospel unites us and we get to, we get to see lives changed by the message of Jesus. I would miss getting to be hugged by all these kids at the daycare center that we, we go and we support and we, we love on these kids and we pour hope into them and, and, and Heather gets, gets, gets nervous because I wanna, I'm like, hey, we, our girls are grown. Why don't, we, why, don't we, why don't we bring some of them home and be in our family? And especially that little boy right there, Prince, but um, I would not get to see Peggy um, experience the, 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 the joy of, of seeing this girl's life changed when she said, I will take care of you. This girl had lost a sponsor. And Peggy stepped in and has made a tremendous impact. I'd miss that. I'd miss this time with Calissa. Where her and Heather, I'm taking pictures, they're coloring and they're spending time together. It's the next pic. I wasn't supposed to show that one. I'm sorry. Um, but they're, Heather said no, but I did it anyway. Y'all are going to tell her. You tell me every time. But Heather and Calissa were coloring this picture. And it reminded me that she's my starfish. Because there was a man on a shore one day. And the shore is just covered with starfish. And he decides, I, I got to do something about this. So he picks one up and he tosses it back in. Picks up another, tosses it back in. And as he's doing this, another man comes walking down the beach and he goes, you're a fool. There's no way you're going to save all these starfish. He said, I might be a fool, but to this one, I'm no fool. I can save this one. And he throws it in. He says, I can save this one. It's all about making an impact. 
And it's all about being the church here in our community and around the world. We have a calling, we have a purpose, and we have a mission. Every one of us are called to pray. Every one of us are called to give. And listen, we're all called to go. You might not know where, but we will help you find where. But you have starfish waiting for you. So let's go make an impact. Father, we love you and we thank you that you reached out to us, that you made an impact in our life. Jesus, you, when we talk about going far, Jesus, you went farther than anyone could ever measure because you left the glory of heaven and humbled yourself to become one of us, God in the flesh. And you paid the price to reach out for us. And salvation is there for us. All we have to do is believe All we have to do is to confess, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior, and I believe that that you died for me, and I believe that you rose again. I don't understand it all, Jesus, but I believe it. I'll spend the rest of my life on this planet figuring it out, but I believe you loved me enough to come from far away to save me. And God, I'm praying that you light that fire in every one of us. May we be a people willing to go and share the message of Jesus to the world, here, near, and far. I pray for lives to be changed today. And as we go, I pray for more people to be set in relationship, set in family, set free, and set in motion, all for your glory. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. God bless.